Good morning, Grace. Hi, good morning. And good morning, everybody. Yes. Welcome to our listeners and today's episode of Can You See What I See? Vicki Scott here and today my co-host, Grace Hart, and I want to talk about awareness <laughs> and how it can help us live our purpose. Oh, what do you think about that? <laughs> I think it's a good topic. <laughs> That's yeah, what I think. It's a big topic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've often I've heard so many people say, you know, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Yeah. And yeah. they're questions that Because you know there's only there. one, right? You only have one purpose. You gotta find it, otherwise you're screwed, right? <laughs> really? No. <laughs> oh, just going to say I didn't think that was the truth for me. But we I do don't we do that? You know, we think we're oh, searching for this holy do. grail, this this reason I was brought here for. Yeah. And what, oh, if that, what if it's not that complicated? <laughs> and, but that's what we have. It's very debilitating for oh, us yeah. as human beings, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And it distracts you us know, from our awareness. Ah, yes. Well, you know, when I was thinking about this topic, I thought, well, it depends on all those things we've talked about in our previous podcast, like boundaries, values, any traumatic event that maybe has got stuck in our body, uh, the magic of us. Um, mm. You know, I think all of that can lead us very quickly. All those experiences can lead us quickly to a specific purpose that we just know is for us. But sometimes I've found that we just let our head get in the way of trying to work it out. Sometimes? And, you know, sometimes, yeah, that's probably A lot of the time, all so the time. Often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as a result, we make life hard. Mm. Mm. So what do you think about purpose and awareness, Grace? Tell me about your experiences of how you came to realise your purpose. Well, I I don't think uh, as I've you know we just talked about I don't think purpose is a, a one thing and um and really I guess for me awareness um and the willingness to be you and as you said before you know if you're in trauma or um, thinking too much or whatever you can um, get distracted and um and that's when you tend to sort of fall into indoctrination like you know your parents might say this is what you should do or society says that this is what you know your only options and. Um, and so when you're in awareness, to me, that is being on purpose. And it's, so it's, it's a meandering and it's not a, um, a, a one place, you know, a destination that happens. And, um, and I think that there's too much, we put too much pressure on ourselves um, with that question rather than just being the question, actually being in awareness and allowing it. I, I've got a funny story I can tell you about this. Sure. <laughs> She's like, what is she going to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, when I was born, I well, not born, when I was young, I was about eight years old, I announced to my parents that I was a doctor <laughs> and um, that she, my parents needed to go and get me all the books because I was going to cure cancer, um, all the books from the library and, um, and get me a coat, a doctor's coat and all the, the gear that doctors have. <laughs> So my mum was really supportive and she, she found a doctor's code and she actually um, got a um, like a name badge that said, you know, my name, Dr. Blah, blah, blah. And, and then she went to our family doctor and said, do you have a spare thetoscope and do you have a, you know, a spare this and a spare that, you know, just – and it was really lovely, really supportive. And um, so I, I looked at all the books that, you know, and I was like, no, they, don't, they just don't have it right. 
Mm. Anyway, I said I would like to get a microscope and not not a fun one. I want a decent one. And um, and there was just this drive that was that it came out of the blue. And I wanted to prick everyone's fingers because I wanted to look at everyone's blood. And everyone willingly gave except for my middle sister. <laughs> and mm. she's like, "No, I'm not going to give you my blood." And I was just a brat. I'm going to call the energy. I was just a brat, and I just kept going and going. And I became almost beyond annoying and I wasn't going to take no for an answer and so they actually said to my my poor sister just give her some blood you know this is not going to go away and so she gave blood and I looked at it and her blood was completely different to everyone else's blood and I said mum there's this this her blood's different and they're like oh that's nice dear you know and I said no this this blood is different and they said yeah everyone's blood's different I said no 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 everyone in the family the blood looks the same and her blood looks different. And I just, again, got really annoying and really bratty until I, I forced my dad to, to look at through the, um, the uh, microscope. And dad's like, oh, it actually does look different. I'm like, hello, I've been telling you this. And um, anyway, and then I said, you need to go to the doctor, you know, to my sister. And they're just like, oh, no, because she was healthy. There was nothing wrong with her. And I, again, I was just this brat. And um, I... They, they just said, look, okay, we'll just go and get her chest tested out. Anyway, she had a blood bacteria that would have led to her death. <laughs> so, but the reason I'm telling this story is my drive, my need to be a doctor just disappeared overnight. I, that was it. I didn't have, I didn't have the, the passion for it or the desire for it. And so I just wanted to say that's why, you know, your purpose can be lots of things. Your purpose could be to smile at a stranger and they, they choose not to suicide that day because you notice them. You know, a purpose can be being an annoying little brat to save your sister's life. And so it's a not, it's not a one-off thing. And, and I do um, want to share an, another story really quickly. Um, I, I met Vic a long time ago. And um, one of the things that happened was I, I went to one of her amazing events with stars um, with Wendy and herself. And there was this exercise that they got us to do just to, to get the group kind of, you know, um, connected. And it was basically just a hula hoop. And we were all linked hands around the um, a circle. And the basically the, ta- the, the request was that we have, I think it was five minutes for the, the hula hoop needed to go um, around the circle one way um, and then back the other way. And so everyone started talking about, you know, what, what, you know, we can't step through it because, you know, some people are bigger than others and, you know, and I, I got this vision straight away, like, well, we don't need to move the hula hoop, we just move the circle. And I kept really quiet because I wasn't really part of the event as such. I was just there to, um, you know, give feedback to Vic after experiencing it and, and that sort of thing. Um and so I kept quiet and there was just this thing that was just growing and growing with me and like, come on, guys, like, just move the circle. And it got to the point where there was only a few seconds left. And so I called out quite loud, hey, guys, we, we just have to rotate the circle. And they're like, no, no, they, you know, that's not what they said. We could. And I said, no, they didn't say that we couldn't do that. And so then it was like more frustration. And then I told the person to my left and to my right and they, were, they just gave me their reasons why, no, that's not, that wasn't the rules. And I'm like, they didn't say that. And I was getting more and more frustrated, very similar to, you know, the blood story. And, um, and then finally I just went, oh, you know, swear it, I'm not going to say the word. And, 
And I just pushed one side of the circle and I pulled the other and then they noticed that as we were rotating, the, the actual hula hoop was going. And Wendy, who was leading that exercise, um, your partner, a business partner, um, she, she came up to me and she said, you're a leader. And then I just shrunk. And the reason I'm telling this story is to the listeners, how many of you have this energy in you like, can't they see that? You know, come on, can't you look over here? What about this? And I just want to say to you guys, if you know, you, you've got that. You are a leader and there is something you see that other people can't. And, um, and I really get that, that, as I said, it's not a one-off thing, that the purposes can be simple as um, your purpose in that moment just totally gave me a reframe on leadership and seeing myself as a leader that I never actually thought or stepped into before that. So that's my story. <laughs> story is plural. <laughs> yes, yes. And they're, they're very powerful because what they do is just remind us that it's in every moment, isn't it? When we're present with something, um, then so much information comes in for us that can well, not just change our world but change others. But you, you mentioned Wendy saying you're a leader and yes, I would agree with that totally. But I'm also reminded about how each of us are leaders. Yeah. Some of us have been led to believe that unless we're a CEO or somebody exactly. in charge of a project, or, then we're not a leader, we're just one of the workers. Whereas, you know, now with my the wisdom of hindsight, I can see that unless everybody, like you did in that case, you actually had you you had you knew something that other people didn't. Now, if you hadn't done that, even as an eight-year-old for your sister, or even more recently, would your world and the lives of your kids look different from what it does now as a result of you stepping up and owning all of you? The magic of you, as we said. Yeah, you know, and when you talk about that you are the project, you know, so you're a leader of your own project. You're a leader of your own life. And, you know, if you're willing to lead yourself to, you know, follow that awareness rather than, you know, leading yourself to conclusion or, or going into judgment of you or overthinking things, if you actually led yourself um, through the lightness of being, you know, I remember you talked about when you, um, you know, purchase homes. Do you want to talk about that, the lightness for you? And Oh, yes. Yeah, well, I suppose even just going back, um, to when I was just turning 18 and I was in Canberra. I went down there from Brisbane um, for a job with the Commonwealth Government. And when I was there, a job was advertised in the Canberra Times for um, a personal assistant to the Governor-General. And I thought, you know, I just got attracted to that advertisement. I thought, that'd be cool <laughs> doing that. Anyway, I mentioned it rather lightly to a few people and they thought, oh, that's ridiculous, you know. You've got to be much older than you. You're too young. You're this. You're da da da. You haven't got enough experience. And I went, yeah, I know, but if I don't apply, I'll never know. So I ended up applying, and I got it. <laughs> um, and I realised that afterwards, it, it was it was very much a part of my journey because while I was there at Government House, I actually met my husband of now 46 years. Yeah. And it, yeah, and. Each as a result of that, I guess, and and now just sort of uh, what I have done is even things like buying a house. Um, 
when it was, I was really intentional. Mitch and I used to talk about, well, what do we want to experience? And well, these are our three top criteria. And when we sort of went with that, um, and then thought, yep, okay, this one feels it. It just felt light. It happened with Eden Grace. It even stopped somebody gazumping us on one occasion. Everything, the universe just seemed to line it up. So. Um, I, I, am just oh, I, I, I just want to jump in. When you, what did you say with the house, what you wanted to experience? Yeah, well, for me, it was like my vision So and, yeah. and Richard's vision. So we said we wanted north facing because we'd lived in a very cold house before that and we only saw the sun, you know, once a year or something. <laughs> um and that was in Canberra, so that was a must. So we learned from that, and we wanted, you know, we wanted it um, to be low bed, and we wanted it to be on the water, and da da da. So when we actually thought about, okay, so every house we looked at didn't meet those three criteria, which really narrowed it down to about two, and in the end, one. So um, it was like, yep, thank you, we'll have that. So then we started talking about, well, how are we going to do this? But up till then, we didn't know either of those things. So it's funny you can worry about the money or about something else first and then go from that. But really, my experience is the money will come. It will show up um, when you're intentional and you keep taking steps towards it, I guess. I love that. I love that. You know, you're talking about what you want to experience. To me, that is following the awareness, following the energetics. And, and what I'm loving is that when a home came up, you asked, does this match the energy? In other words, does this match the energy of the future, that the experiences that we would like to have, that we desire to have? And um, and it's just – and that to me talks about your gut instinct, how brilliant it is, and your ability to see a future possibility – and then, it, you know, I don't think we enough, we don't do it enough where we recognise every single choice either leads us towards the future that we know is possible or it doesn't. And the, the easiest way to work that out is exactly what you just said. It's the lightness. And, you know, if does that person or that contract or, you know, that home, is there a lightness to it? Does it match the vision or the energy of that future that we know we wish to experience? And that, that mm-hmm. leads into what you talk about with the project. You, your life is a project and it's a step-by-step, choice-by-choice. There's not just the one choice you make. And I thoroughly agree with you, the money side of things or whether no matter if it's money or you think you need people or whatever you think you need before you have that thing or choose that thing, it's really not about that. It's exactly what you said. It's just following mm-hmm. the step-by-steps and the people, the events, the circumstances – um, will arrive as if by magic if you follow the lightness. Yeah, it, it is actually true. But and I, I, I didn't have any language around that, like you've just explained. You know, in, in you've vocalised um, that, uh, but I didn't have that sort of language. It's just a knowingness, I guess, within me. But I also think, you know, even though the house was right and everything was great, it didn't mean that we didn't have challenges while in the house, but. It was almost like, okay, so now what? And and now I really understand what you're saying about the future of possibilities. Um, that's a language I hadn't thought of, but it, it is true because it comes back to, in my language, it's, well, how do I want to feel when this thing called my life is coming to an end? Mm. So for me, you know, and then, of course, the next generation's turn. So, um but, and I do know that, you know, when I did get into struggles in different parts of my 
um, working life and things, it was normally when I was trying to make something happen. Yeah, force, and push. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to force something because um, often it was because I had a belief that, well, if it didn't happen the way that I thought it should, then I had failed. Yeah. Yeah. And so I made it all about me and not being good enough and, oh, if only I had known more or done more or worked harder, then it would have been different. But yeah, and that, that is yeah. like a reenactment of trauma, isn't it? Because, I mean, we've all had trauma in our childhoods and um, at varying degrees and that's how it can present itself down the track with words like that, you know, and anxiety and things, yeah. Well, yeah, I, you sent me something the other day about social anxiety. Oh, and, yes, you yes. Know, oh, I know that's probably a podcast all on its own. But, you know, I also, you know, was aware that just um, when I looked at some of the, you know, the things that you, you can do when you have social anxiety as a result of a trauma that hasn't been dealt with um, or acknowledged or, diffused I guess or the impacts of it yeah it's such a good reminder isn't it it's not about what happens to us it's what that event um what happened in our bodies at the, the interpretation you know, uh, yeah the of interpretation of it yeah absolutely Yay. yeah I remember in one of yeah. P- Peter Levine's books he talked about um you know that uh line at the start of movies that roars yes and yes. for some reason what, uh, he had a client that um had all this you know panic attacks and all these terrible things and um when they actually went you know through his um process that's what it was you know and so you don't it doesn't necessarily have to look like some horrific abuse it can just be that a little kid looking at that big line and the roar going through is enough to create a post-traumatic body response so you know it's and that's what i'm saying we've all yeah we've all got you know mental health and and i think that's the unfortunate thing um, and again, it's also fortunate, depending on what side of the coin, that we're starting to talk about it more. Because for me, it's mental health. We all have mental health problems. It's a spectrum. And, you know, there's, we always have, if you have a time where you don't want to be on the phone or you don't want to go out or, you know, you feel like you're inferior or, you know, you can't, you can't achieve your goals or whatever it is, um, that's mental health. And a lot of people just think, oh, it's because I'm tired or, oh, it's because of this. And they, they, and I'd love people to realise, oh, actually, this is something I need to look after myself with. Mm. Oh, you know, I I have to laugh, really. Rich probably won't like me saying this. Oh, sorry about that, Rich, but I'm going to say it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, he often used to call me a social pygmy because um, – <laughs> In the, in it was being funny, but you know, it was like I didn't want to answer the phone. You know, yeah. it was, um, and you know, it it did it did make me, you know, just uh, I don't know. There were lots of it, sometimes I would panic when we we're invited somewhere, and just all those symptoms that are actually social anxiety. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, yeah. But I I managed it because you know being. Um, part of the team, we were invited out a lot yeah. um, because of Rich's um, jobs, etc. So I actually found strategies for dealing with it, but the it, the, um, the situation never really changed. It just uh, 
I just learnt ways of dealing with it, I guess. And then you, you know, you'd learnt to okay, there's some things you enjoy, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I guess that also leads me to, it wasn't really, it, it made me very intentional on the sorts of social events that I wanted to attend too. So you yeah. know, that well, was part of my purpose as well. Just yeah. saying, no, no, it doesn't feel right to do that. Exactly, having having boundaries, being willing to have boundaries, and um, creating something that works for you. And, you know, and humour, yeah. to giggle is, is I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It, uh, you know, giggling can can change the world. Um, and, and But I do want to say, you know, there's people out there that can make jokes on uh, partners and things, but the energy is different to that that we just spoke about. You know, it's an energy of making you wrong or um, I think we, we spoke a couple of episodes ago um, or maybe last episode about um, shaming with concern or... You know, um, so yeah, just be aware when people make comments like that, that um, it can be a genuine laughter, which is what was here and that's bringing healing, but it can also be um, something that entraps you as well. So it's important to do that. But I love that, um, you know, you, you've worked on strategies because that in itself is such a gift um, to be able to, you know, assist people that have this. And I mean, I definitely have social anxiety I don't like being in crowds or in a room. It's not fun for me. Um, but at the same time, like you, it's like I also can be an energy where it's there's no problem to talk to thousands of people. Um, so it just has to be in a way that um, it works for you. Um, you don't have to go out there all the time with everybody, right? <laughs> we have choice. Such such a good reminder. Hey, here we are both saying we have social anxiety and we're, we're doing a podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because it's so working with stuff. what we work in with, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's always a different way, isn't there? Exactly. But, you know, um, just in closing, what do you think about some home play for this coming week? Um, well, what I would love is... Um, because we're talking about purpose and awareness, maybe some questions. And there's a great guy called Simon Sinek and he invites you to find out what your why is. And one of the things he says is speak to, not an intimate partner, but speak to some, some good friends of yours and just ask them, what is it about me that you, you choose to be my friend? And he says initially you'll get some sort of more superficial things like, oh, you're just fun to be around or whatever. But eventually if you just keep asking them, you say, you know, there's other people that are fun to be around. So what is it about me? And just, you know, dig, get them to sort of dig deep and eventually they will say something um, that will make you tear up or make you get goosebumps or something like that. And that's a really good, quick way to find out what one of, you know, your why is. And um, so to explain just very quickly about a why, what I suggest you do look up Simon Sinek's uh, work. Um, my why is to invite a kinder, happier world so that people are safe, empowered and inspired to choose greater. So, so that's my why. And so when I have friends, um, when I you know, get into, into a contract with somebody or do, do something with somebody, that why has to be present. And so, for example, my work with Vicky and with this podcast, we're in, it, it matches my why. It's uh, allowing people, I'm inviting them to, a, to be kinder to themselves and others and to, and to have a happier life and for you to know that you're safe and, and empower you to choose something greater for yourself. So I think a, a really fun thing um, would be to just start to look at what, what could be your why and th then there's a, a, you know, a myriad of purposes that will come up um, for you to say yes to and that's what Vic talks about with the, you know, being the project leader of your own life. And what else do you think? Is there anything else that you get would be good home play? 
just notice whether you have any social anxiety that might actually yeah. be stopping you living your life with joy. So, mm. um, yeah, just have a think about what um, things you feel a little fear or apprehension around and just ask a better question whether it's stopping you from doing what you really like to do. So. But, um, oh, anyway, I, yeah. I, I love how you go, oh, anyway, but th- that is gold. Anyway. That is gold, <laughs> you know, because when you have trauma, one of, the th- one of the things of trauma is you have invasive thoughts and that can look like, you know, oh, I won't bother them, you know, they wouldn't be interested or, you know, or uh, all, you know, your brain just sort of goes into all these, these thoughts and that is actually trauma. It's not, you know, <laughs> a lot of people might think that's their personality, but it's not. It's actually the voice of trauma. So I think that's a great home play. Brilliant, brilliant. Excellent. Well, we look forward to it and I think we might consider a um, another whole podcast on social anxiety, huh? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining me today, Grace, and thanks for creating Greater. Yeah, thank you, honey. And um, everyone, please know that you can contact us um, at choosinggreater.com and have a beautiful rest of the week till next Friday. Take care. Bye.